Hello and welcome. You've tuned into Active Listening with T4 Tactics. I'm Marco Galbraith, your host, and our podcast is all about personal success and networking. We'll discuss small business tips, health and wellness issues, personal safety tips, financial gain, and a variety of other topics from professionals in the field. And once in a while, we'll throw in our area of expertise, firearm safety and active shooter response for businesses, churches, and schools. So sit back, relax, listen, and learn. Active listening with T4 Tactics. Okay, folks, so today you just got me, Marco Galbraith with T4 Tactics, and we're going to talk about some active shooter training and some different approaches on how different people look at it. I've been doing it for about 10 years, traveling the country, speaking in different states to businesses, churches, schools, medical facilities, colleges. Just last year alone, we traveled to 13 states and trained uh, just over 8,500 people. So I'm constantly meeting with victims, witnesses, survivors, law enforcement to get primary source information. So what you're going to hear today is my take on training. But I want to talk first about victims and respect for victims. We've got the uh, Virginia Tech uh, massacre anniversary coming up uh, in just a few weeks now. And most victims, you know, every victim that I've spoken to personally has they've all had the same thing in common and it's that I never thought about my personal safety and I never could possibly imagine that it would happen to me at that location it always happens somewhere else it doesn't happen to me here so they may have hesitated but they also have some problems with PTSD they have some problems with surviving being the survivor so we have to really respect that and be very careful so like for instance Several of the Columbine kids that are now grown, at the time of the, the shooting started that day, they were having tacos for lunch. It occurred in the lunch, part of it occurred in the lunchroom. They're having tacos and they're doing the school announcements. To this day, many of those students cannot hear an overhead PA speaker. They immediately get sick at their stomach and throw up. They become nauseous. They can't smell tacos because it brings them back to that time. They have survival survivor guilt. One girl that I spoke to uh, at Virginia Tech said she can no longer go into a grocery store without having a prepared list. She must know exactly where everything is in the store. She gets in and gets out. If she goes to a location and does not know where her exits are, she, she cannot operate. She shuts down. Another thing that bothers them, and, and I think people do this out of goodwill and out of support, but most of those survivors do not like the signs or do not like the pins, the bracelets that say, we are Columbine. You know, when the community puts up signs, we are Virginia Tech or we are Columbine. And their thought behind that is, you are not Columbine. You were not in that hallway being shot at. You did not see your friend get killed right next to you. You were not hiding, like one girl I spoke to, you were not hiding up in the ceiling of the choir room, writing your name on the firewall because you thought you were going to be found and killed. So people say, you know, people mean, you know, thoughts and prayers are great. But when we say little things, we have to be very careful about how we say them. And, and the, the victims and survivors get really upset when they see signs. And I see this consistently between Tech and Columbine and a few others that, that no, you are not the Pulse nightclub because you weren't there. So let's be real sensitive with some of these anniversaries coming up. Um, 
and keep that in mind. So what I wanted to do this podcast uh, about is this recent Indiana Elementary School um, training in January's where in January, sorry January where uh, teachers were corralled into a uh, into a room and shot with simunitions or or pellet guns um, in the back to to simulate execution. Let's back up for a minute. Let's recognize that there is fake news out there. Let's recognize um, that a lot of the media in this country will do anything they possibly can to stir the pot. So I'm sure that some of these stories were embellished. But so let's let's just for for podcast sake, let's just talk about um, maybe it did happen, maybe it didn't. But I want to look at I want to talk to you about the type of training that I. Um, approach for these uh, these school shootings. Now, I did see a video recently on Instagram uh, where they were doing active shooter training, and one of the trainers who had been planted in the auditorium stands up with a uh, a training firearm uh, to see how the group is going to react. Luckily, they tackled him. I have personally been in training sessions where the trainers for active shooter have come in and started firing blank guns. Let me assure you. It's going to be a disaster when somebody stands up with a concealed permit and takes out that person that's doing training. We do not do surprise active shooter drills. We can do tornado drills. We can do uh, weather drills. We can do fire drills because those are not as dynamic as an active shooter drill. If I'm in an active shooter drill right now, or or if I'm in an active shooter situation, I'm going to go up and over tables. I'm probably going to hurt myself getting to that door to close it. I'm going to do whatever means I can to stop that incident. And you know what? I hope it's not a fake one that I'm up against because people could get hurt. So we don't do surprise active shooter training. This isn't playtime for the SWAT team. This is not playtime for law enforcement. You have to think of it as, as a training that is geared towards people. So supposedly this, uh, this event uh, in Indiana, they were told uh, by the police, this is what happens when you just cower and do nothing. You're executed. If that occurred, I'll give it to the to the Indiana officers. If that occurred, that's not what we say. Um, that's not the way we approach it. We don't teach people to lose during active shooter training. So it sounds like their training was sidetracked and now it's going to cast a shadow, a dark cloud or a dark shadow over any future training. So let's first understand and recognize that law enforcement, teachers, politicians, principals, business owners, human resource managers, insurance companies, attorneys, active shooter trainers, SWAT, firefighters, newscasters, students, and a whole bunch of other people, we all look at active shooter incidents and training differently. Everybody has a different view on it. So what we have to do is put all those views together to come up with a training that worked. You know, as a retired cop and SWAT team member, commander of the hostage negotiation team, trust me, I look at active shooter differently than the administrative assistant sitting at the front door of a business office building. Busy office building. Most people don't think about their personal safety. Law enforcement, 
firefighters, they all think about their careers. You're constantly thinking about your career, and many people don't. So active shooter training absolutely does not and should not produce stress, anxiety, fear, paranoia, or even create traumatic symptoms. What it should produce is giving the attendee the education through the briefings of past attacks, facts with no sugarcoating or exaggeration, the knowledge, confidence it takes to recognize a threat, shut it down, and if it doesn't work, handle the threat accordingly, accordingly followed by a proper recovery process. So active shooter training should not promote fear. It should be geared to give the people the education. We have to learn from past attacks. You have to, you know, the active shooter will engineer uh, an, att an attack, a violent, unthinkable attack. What T4 Tactics does, what I do, is we come in and reverse engineer that. So we figure out, where did it first go wrong with threat assessment? Did their threat assessment not pick up that this was coming? Disgruntled employee, uh, customer, domestic, um, radicalized Islamic terrorist. There's a whole bunch of things that, that we have to be looking for. So what we're going to do is we're going to sit down. What we do is we sit down and we talk to these individuals and ask them, what were you thinking? How did your day start out? Let's start like that. Let's start out with how your day started. And they'll tell me how their day started. They got their coffee. They got their breakfast. They stopped at the gas station on the way to that location and put fuel in their car. They got some snacks. They were planning for a regular day. They've never think they've never taken their their personal safety in consideration. And then tell me what you did or what you thought when those shots first rang out. That is what you need to hear from an active shooter training. You don't need to hear a story from your active shooter presenter or trainer who has sat in a training session, who has learned it from someone who learned it from someone who learned it and learned it and learned it and so on because as we know things get exaggerated and things change so active shooter training or presentations whatever you want to call them should meet the specific audience and location standards the guys that are teaching from a one-size-fits-all approach are not delivering a quality product with active shooter training if the academic portion is delivered correctly there's no need to scare the daylights out of people so we're going to come in and we're going to sit down and do a facility review. We're going to talk about uh, everything that's happened and let your staff know, you know what, if that ever happens here, we're going to shut it down. Or now I know this, I can do this to shut it down. The best, I say this in my presentations, the best way to win a fight is not being one in the first place. So if we can keep that threat through proper threat assessment teams, this is a whole process through folders and subfolders. Threat assessment teams for your business, church, school, facility, manufacturing facility, it's not, it's non-adversarial. So we're not out trying to get people in trouble. We're trying to keep that threat off the property. If we can recognize it, call law enforcement, take appropriate actions, then we win. We win because the threat never occurred. The, the attack never occurred. And then, of course, if it does occur, we're going to walk you through how to handle that and how to recover from it. So, you know, realistic training is sometimes a good approach, but we need to, do we need to set the school on fire to show kids how to get out? Do we need to set a teacher on fire to show them how to get out of the school? When, you know, in the mid 70s, when stop, drop and roll first came out, we were, manufacturers were creating uh, clothing for kids that were flammable. So then we had the stop, drop and roll and people, oh, you can't tell kids stop, drop and roll. That's, that's horrible. You can't tell them that. We do. 
But look back. Did we set a kid on fire to teach him how to stop, drop, and roll? You do not have to do that. When we do our active shooter presentations, we do a presentation, a detailed presentation after a facility review. Every single presentation that we do with T4 Tactics is customized to that particular facility. It's not one size fits all. I've got about 30 years experience uh, being a firearms instructor for the police academy. I taught different, different areas uh, in the police academy uh, during my police career. And then I was a program director at a local college. So I've got a lot of time in the classroom and I understand that people learn differently. Law enforcement, you probably need to do tactical drills where you're using simunitions, blank guns, um, flashbangs, explosions, you probably need that. Teachers, as in Indiana, uh, people, normal everyday citizens that are absolutely petrified with this topic, we have to take a different approach. We have to look at different learning traits, different learning avenues. People learn different. Every classroom is different. So setting Tactically untrained individuals up for failure, like in the Indiana school incident, again, fake news, if that did occur, all they did was show those teachers how to lose. Now, I know my law enforcement friends that teach active shooter across the country are probably bucking at this, at what I'm saying. They're probably high blood pressure and red face. That's fine. You teach it the way you want to teach it. We'll teach it the way we, we think we should be taught. Law enforcement has to realize that we train for tactical situations all the time. We have a 24-7 situational awareness and are constantly thinking. It's very hard to come in and teach the normal civilian how we've been thinking for so many years. Most civilians, or should I say sheep, do not. So proper constructive training must be tailored to meet their learning style. Fear or coming in full of testosterone is not the answer. It never will be for this type of training. I'll tell you, I've interviewed a lot of people, a lot of survivors and witnesses from these unthinkable attacks. And I've heard of people, there was a 58-year-old grandmother. If you've heard my presentations, you know what I'm talking about. There's a 58-year-old grandmother in one of the attacks who has no life experience at all. Stay at home. She was homeschooled. Stay at home. Probably never been in a confrontation in her whole life. The active shooter event that she was in, she immediately stood up, ran to her grandson, took him to the ground, and took fatal shots for him. On the flip side, I've spoken to a seasoned law enforcement sergeant that was in an attack and thought about freezing because of the sound of the gunfire, the blast of the gunfire that he was headed to. He hesitated for a minute and thought about turning around. That's a seasoned law enforcement officer. Luckily, he went, fortunately, he went forward and stopped the gunman. I also interviewed a seasoned military combat veteran who's been in three tours of duty, active combat, combat fighting. He's an advanced military instructor. He's a uh, self-defense instructor for the military. There were four times during his active shooter incident where he could have attacked the shooter while he was loading, reloading his firearm. This military combat vet froze three, four different times and didn't move. He froze. So you've got the 58-year-old grandmother that jumped up and did what she needed to do. And you have a combat vet. You have a police sergeant. And then, of course, we know what happened in Broward County. He, he didn't go into the building. I say that because I want law enforcement to realize that 
Law enforcement and civilians think about this differently. We don't know what we're going to do until we're in that situation. So proper training is critical. We do not want to scare people during the training because we're actually spinning our wheels in the mud if we scare them or if we teach them that they're going to lose during an attack. You know, in closing, if your active shooter, trainer, or presenter is showing up in tactical gear, you might be just getting ready for some playtime with your local law enforcement agency. That's not what it's about. It should be more of an academic approach. So choose your choose your uh, trainers wisely. Also be aware that there, you know, I hear we train churches. We travel the country training churches. And I constantly hear, well, we have a... Uh, a we've got a vet in our church or we've got a retired deputy in our church so we're good to go that's fine god bless those people i'm sure they mean well their hearts mean well but look at their background where did that deputy work if he worked in podunk wherever does he have the ability the experience and the knowledge honestly to present active shooter training or secure that facility same with the same way with the uh the retired military the military vet look at their background what did they do in the military you can hold a position i worked with guys uh at my police department i retired from i worked for guys that that were in the patrol division for 30 years they never worked a homicide scene they were never on the swat team they rode around in a police car answering calls for 30 years. So be aware that there are people like that out there and just choose wisely, my friend. Friends, in closing, I just like to say watch your active shooter training. This is this is a known recognized threat. OSHA says under their general duty clause that that businesses, churches, schools, facilities have a duty to protect visitors to the property from known recognized threats. And it is a known recognized threat. So I just want everybody to take this uh Take this training podcast that I've done. I hope it opens your eyes. It is not about teaching fear. It's about delivering information that has not been sugarcoated, that is not exaggerated, primary source information, delivering it to your employees or your congregation, and let's keep people alive. The main thing we want to do is threat assessment, stop it from coming in our building, and then, of course, uh, we want to recognize any threats uh, and handle them properly if they do. Main thing, reduce injuries and save lives. I hope everybody has a great day. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. We've got more to come. And remember, it's not only about active shooter training. we get some really cool people coming up with a broad um, avenue of life experience and, uh, and advice. So take care, everybody. Reduce injuries and save lives. God bless.